and welcome once again to Out With, the podcast taking you beyond the headlines and beyond our borders. I'm Hala Mohyuddin. Now, when Donald Trump was elected President of the United States, one Scottish newspaper proudly proclaimed, and I remember this well, Aberdeenshire businessman wins the White House. It was a seminal moment. Uh, Trump's connections with Scotland are a source of pride to him. And during his controversial working visit to the UK earlier this year, he was keen to ensure that time was blocked off for him to visit his golf courses in both Aberdeen and Ayrshire. But is there more to his golf courses than just a passion for golf and a passion for Scotland? Well, Martin McLaughlin is a Glasgow-based journalist who's been combing through the figures and has discovered that Trump's two resorts are burning through cash. So why is a man who built his reputation as a master dealmaker and businessman clinging on to Scottish businesses that are yet to post a profit. Well, let's find out. Martin's with me now. Welcome to the kitchen and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us, Alan. Nice to be here. Um, first of all, just tell us about this uh, connection to Scotland. What, just lay it out for us. What is Donald Trump's connection to Scotland that he's so proud of? Well, if you speak to Trump or you speak to his associates um, in the US or in Scotland, they'll very much paint a rose-tinted picture of Trump's family heritage. His mother, uh, Marianne McLeod, was born in a croft in a small hamlet in Tong on the Isle of Lewis in the Outer Hebrides. It's a really beautiful but remote part of Scotland. And she grew up there until she emigrated to the US in 1930 at the age of 18. And Trump House still has quite a lot of um, cousins and distant relatives on the island. So it's very much part of um, Trump's family. And he um, has been very keen to promote it as part of his heritage. You know, that is very much a big narrative, especially when you're a politician in, in it, the US. I mean, even like, you know, Americans love Scotland. Mm. As anyone who's been to Edinburgh in the summer will have noticed, you'll see lots of Americans running around dressed in tartan, going on about how they're, you know, they're a third Scottish or a quarter Scottish. I mean, it, it is a big sort of source of pride for many people. Just, I mean, is he still in touch with his family there? Um, he's not, no. Um, well, certainly not that we know of. I mean, it's uh, part of the, the Hebridean character that um, the, the distant Trump relatives are notoriously reluctant and with perhaps with good reason to speak about their connection with Trump. Um, in actual fact, um, it's Trump's sister that probably has the closer relationship with uh, people on the island. Um, Marianne Trump, Barry, um, she's a retired uh, judge who sat in the Court of Appeals in the US Third Circuit and she actually donated um, hundreds of thousands of pounds towards uh, community projects on the island. Quite quietly, quite discreetly, all flew beyond the radar, very much the antithesis of her brother, but um, I think it's fair to say she has a kind of closer relationship with the island. Um, but Trump has, you know, tried to promote this as part of, like you say, this heritage with the US electorate and, you know, golfing tourists. Um, where it kind of falls down a bit is he's only visited his mother's birthplace once. That was back in 2008. Um, and he spent the sum total of 92 seconds wandering about his mother's home. Um, now, Hebridean crofts aren't really well known for having gold leaf and mock Versailles ornamentation, so <laughs> maybe it just didn't meet his high aesthetic standards, or maybe, was, uh, maybe he had a busy schedule that day, but certainly um, it's been talk and not so much the walk when it comes to that, that, that kind of family. Right. I would love to see a Hebridean croft with gold leaf. I think that would be an excellent project for the Trumps yeah, to a, take it's, it's on. It's changing times in the Hebrides, but perhaps we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we are. Well, so it doesn't seem to be especially tied to 
the Outer Hebrides and his mother's Croft. But mm. he has still invested quite heavily in Scotland, it seems. He, Outline for us what he's got, what he's been doing here. He has. I mean, when he came here initially back in 2006 um, to launch his inaugural Scottish golf resort development in Aberdeenshire. Now, he said it was partly to honour his mother's memory by investing in Scotland. I think it was more a mixture of... Um, practicality and you know a, an affinity with his, his family heritage here at the time Trump looked at about 60 different sites for his first um, golf resort outside outside um, you know the US and it just so happened that a guy called Tom Griffin who was a Texan who made his money in the North Sea oil and gas was selling land in Aberdeenshire at the time Trump was looking to buy so um, kind of confluence of factors that led to Trump investing here. Um, since then, he, um, on paper, he has five companies in Scotland. Um, they're a mixture of holding companies. Some of them are dormant, but in essence, they are the kind of the, the corporate framework for three main businesses: Trump International Golf Links in Aberdeenshire, which is his first Scottish course. He opened that in two thousand and ten, I think. Probably just ignore that. Yeah. Uh, Trump International Golf Course, um, Trump Turnberry, which he bought in 2014 for 34 million quid, and um, a company called DTC Operations Limited, which is effectively managing the charter hire of his Sikorsky helicopter. Um, so taken together, it's this kind of self-contained complementary network of businesses, and the, the aspiration is to attract well-heeled golf tourists from around the world, especially the US, to play this kind of network of courses along with Dunbeg in Ireland, which Trump owns. Um, that's very much the rationale behind the investment. Problem is, the aspiration has been undercut by reality because Trump's businesses here are losing millions year on year. I mean, they're, they're siphoning money left, right and centre. Why is that? Um, well, I mean, you look at the, the, the figures and... and to my mind, what's interesting is not just the, the amount of money that they've lost. Um, Turnberry, for example, has lost over £33 million since Trump took it over. Um, and taken as a whole, Trump has interest-free loans to his companies here worth nearly £150 million. So it's a really sizable sum of money. Um, but what's significant, I think, is that the turnover is starting to fall. Um, you know, this is not um, even in the, the, the viewpoint of a businessman of the stature of Donald Trump, you know, this is not a good direction of travel for any business. Um, now, part of that reason for the company's underperforming, um, I think is probably due to industry-wide factors. It's notoriously difficult to make any money out of golf courses. You know, they are prestige profile acquisitions, which are designed to showcase yourself. Like a yacht, for yeah, example. Yeah, very much so. Um, so, you know, Turnberry, for example, before Trump owned it, there were owners from Dubai, owners from Japan, and, you know, there was only one instance in about the past 20 years where Turnberry actually turned a profit. So... You know, before we throw the books at Trump um, and kind of castize him as a failed businessman, um, you know, this is very much part of an industry-wide problem. But equally, um, I think it's fair to say that the, the amount of investment he's made in Scotland has perhaps not been, you know, the most the most wise. Um, he's looked at Aberdeenshire as, you know, this kind of self-contained resort, very much like somewhere in Florida, but without probably having a real appreciation of the northeast of Scotland and its. Uh, quite unique climate yes indeed <laughs> not the not the kind of place somebody would 
confused with the Hamptons too readily, you know? No, I, I, I don't imagine so. You need an awful lot of gold leaf to detract from the sort <laughs> of the weather, really. But I mean, the, the, I mean the, the, the sorts of different directions we can go in here, but there was a lot of controversy when, um, we'll, we'll come back to Turnbury, but up in Aberdeenshire, when Trump wanted to, you know, only took over the, the sites, there was big promises made, weren't there, of mm. 10, you know, tens of thousands of jobs or something, or thousands of jobs being created. They were going to expand this. There was going to be a massive, massive building programme, wasn't there? And that yeah. hasn't really materialised either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the issue of um, the planning application process for Trump's businesses in Aberdeenshire is something you could probably write 50,000 words on and barely mm. scratch the surface. Um, still ongoing to this day, um, Trump is currently trying to build a second golf course there, um, which we be named after his mummy and he's trying to build a mixed-use development next to the, the resort which would effectively be 500 houses um, you know looking at it bluntly this is a way for Trump to not only stem his losses but actually start getting in the black when it comes to um, you know making money in, in, yeah. in Scotland um, but the planning um, issue is important because um, when Trump got approval for everything he struck what's known as a section 75 agreement with the local authority in Aberdeenshire which um, you know, compels him to build a certain amount of affordable housing, give money towards schools, and effectively just you know, pay back the local community for his presence in Aberdeenshire. Um, that hasn't happened because Trump's um, development has stalled and hasn't reached certain trigger points, which would then release or make him liable for that kind of funding. Um, if his current plans get through, then that question will be um, you know, raised once again, but the Trump organization has a history of you know, trying to manipulate the planning process so that it can um, downscale its commitments as much as possible. Um, it's, it's chiefly concerned with um, making profit, as any private corporation would be, but um, you know, it's, it's, you only have to look through Aberdeenshire records to see it's, it's applied for things and tried to get retrospective plan application and tried to change conditions that were attached by councillors and officials. So um, the story of that is very much ongoing, even though we're 12 years down the line. So you mentioned there, like private companies, they need to make, you know, they exist to make a profit. They, they do, and and that's and that's understandable. Which is why it is so baffling to to so many of us that Trump is sinking money into these these two uh, developments, mm. Turnberry and Aberdeenshire, and they're not making any money. And there's still more money gets pumped into it. That's just it. It's very. I mean, I'm not. I'm not very savvy when it comes to, to finances and economics, but even I would say after a while, this is a bit of a losing horse. Well, that, and that's one of the reasons that I think it's important from an international perspective to look at Trump's businesses here in Scotland. You know, there was a pledge given when Trump took up office that there would be no new developments um, by the Trump organisation, which so far they've upheld, mm -hmm. but no new developments. Whenever you're looking into Trump, it's always key to look at the little disclaimers. Mm. Um, no new developments, that's absolutely true. But in Scotland, he has been pressing ahead with the investments in Aberdeenshire. And I'm currently um, developing a story showing there's other um, things Trump Organisation are trying to do here. But, you know, this is a huge, huge scale of investment. Unlike anywhere else in the world, the Trump Organisation is trying to spend £150 million in Scotland. Um, that dwarfs any 
com comparable expense it's embarked upon since Trump became president. So it's quite important to look at that. Um, and I think, you know, Turnberry is arguably the most high profile of any of Trump's properties around the world. And for that reason, I think, uh, you know, it, it warrants a, a degree of, of scrutiny that perhaps is, isn't paid to, to his other properties in, in, in the world. And just lastly, you know, there's a great degree of transparency about the Scottish companies, which we can find out information about. Um, I've looked into Trump's, a few of Trump's US companies in the past, and he sets up his companies via Shell Enterprises, and they tend to be registered in states like Delaware, where, um, how can I put this charitably, you know, the, the, the onus is on protecting the privacy of the corporate citizen, as opposed to, um, you know, full disclosure for the, the taxpayer. Right. Um, not that they pay much tax in Delaware. Right. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a whole kind of Byzantine system in the States where Trump sets up his companies, which makes it really hard to find out information. By contrast, our system isn't perfect, but it allows us to look not only at, you know, profit and turnover, but um, how Trump has valued his assets, his corporate tax liabilities, his pension commitments, and his, the changing um, wage structure and staff role of his properties here. So... Um, it's not ideal, but compared to the rest of the world, it really gives you a whole lot of um, information. And as a journalist, when you're when you're looking at Trump, it tends to be about chasing the paper trail. And Scotland is good at starting places any for that. Well, which is great. So it's I mean, and you have been chasing that paper trail for quite some time. You've been going through the company books um, because of the system here in in Scotland and the UK. You are able to delve into these kind of details. What do these figures show you about the way Trump does business? What what do the, what's the, the give give us the headlines? What what do the figures show you about you know what he's doing? That might help us understand why he's throwing money into these black holes. Yeah, well, um, uh... Trump has if you take Aberdeenshire. Um, Trump paid nine million pounds roughly for various parcels of land, which he then developed into the golf resort there um, and hotel. Um, that has consistently made losses since um, Trump took it over. With Turnberry, Trump paid thirty-four million pounds to take it over, which was seen at the time as something of a bargain because Turnberry um, is a four-time host of the Open Championship, and it's a prestigious place. It is, even if you don't know golf, the name is you know there in the, the public consciousness. You know, it's it's kind of well known around the world. Um, so he paid thirty-four million pounds, and he embarked upon a quite significant um, renovation program, not only of the Isla Lynx golf course, um, but the hotel itself, and you know every kind of golfing writer um, tends to agree that the changes Trump made have been excellent and they've actually made it a better course and a far more salubrious hotel. Um, but, um, you know, Turnberry has made over £33 million in losses. The, the most recent records came out last month and they showed that, you know, even in the first full year since Trump completed all his renovations, it's still making over £3 million in losses a year. Um, there's just simply no way that he's been able to make money out of what is a very prestigious property. Sorry, I've got a biscuit in my mouth. <laughs> um, so why is he doing it? Well, why does why do people buy yachts? Why do people buy golf clubs? You know, I, I, I wish I wish I had the, the kind of financial um, wherewithal to be so careless and enjoy mm. that kind of prestige. In fact, I don't. I think it'd be horrible. Yeah. But um, no, it's there's a question of 
um, Trump wanting the status that comes um, with some somewhere like Turnberry. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But there are, um, you know, other questions about you know where the money has come from. Tell us and about that. Tell us about where this money is coming from because it, you know, think what you like about Trump. Mm. He's savvy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't seem no, like well, the, the he, kind of person who'd he, be... He's savvy enough to employ people who are savvy. Oh, OK. There's savviness out there. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't... I don't know the man personally, but he doesn't strike me as someone who's quite happy to, you know, throw his own money away. Mm. Well, the, the, the paper trail that I mentioned is kind of the limitations of it only show that Trump has provided interest-free loans in his own money of £149 million. Mm -hmm. That is where the paper trail ends in Scotland. We can't tell where that money came from, you know, what account, what bank account it came from, how it was transferred, any kind of money that facilitated property transactions, that's that's not clear. And, you know, I've had enough experience dealing with the Trump organisation to know that it's probably not the best idea to make unsubstantiated guesses about where the money came from. But there's people more qualified than me who have actually raised this in public forums. Um, Glenn Simpson, who works for Fusion GPS, um, the company behind the quite infamous Russia dossier involving Trump, mm -hmm. he gave evidence to the Permanent Select Committee of Intelligence in the US House of Representatives, and he reminded everyone that Eric Trump was once alleged to have referred to the fact that it was Russian money that was coming into Trump's golf course projects. And Simpson pointed out that the money was coming from the Trump organisation, but there was good reason to believe that he had, quotes, outside financial support, end quotes. Now, whether Simpson is going to disclose anything or whether it's part of the Mueller investigation, um, I think we probably will get a greater oversight of where that money's come from. But in terms of chasing the, the paperwork from a a lowly impoverished um, you know, national newspaper journalist point of view. And unfortunately, the trail has gone a bit cold. But um, I think it is something that has that is concerning authorities in the US. And I think the Scottish properties, simply on account of the vast sums of money that have gone into them, is at the forefront of their thoughts when it comes to looking into where Trump is bankrolling his purchases. You know, Trump was... Famously, throughout the 70s and 80s, you know, the king of debt. He, as far as he was concerned, you know, he would mortgage up to the hilt. And if the whole project went to hell in a handbasket, that was fine. He had no liabilities. You know, yeah. he could have corporate bankruptcies. But that all changed um, in the turn of the last decade. And Trump em embarked upon these lavish cash purchases such as Aberdeen, such as Turnberry and several properties in the US. And but when you buy things with cash, I mean, does that not raise red flags? Well, I would, I would think so, especially if you're buying things with cash at a time, you know, the, the, the very closely following the end of the, the financial crisis um, when, you know, somebody, uh, somebody who's businesses primarily in real estate, you would not expect them to be doing so well given yes. the global financial situation. So it does raise searching questions and it does raise suspicions. And you know that all, all that Eric Trump has said about the, the issue is that the Trump organization at that time was creating you know huge amounts of revenue and it was able to put the money back into new investments. Now 
doesn't matter if you've got the best hotel in the world or the best golf course in the world, as you know, Trump has been known to say yes. a few times. Um, locations, it doesn't, repeatedly. It doesn't generate hundreds of millions of pounds. You can just invest in a project where you know you're going to lose money. So, um, yeah, genuine questions and uh, very few answers. So it's far. difficult to find out because everything, you know, stateside is all sequestered and registered in, in Delaware, which mm. is not the most transparent place, perhaps why there are so many companies registered over there. It is, but I think if you're from the FBI, you tend to get a far more a welcome, welcoming, uh, <laughs> a, far, a far nicer welcome at the door than you would if you were just a journalist. So um, yes. we'll wait and see. If we'll wait forms. and see. The FBI haven't shared anything with me. I'm not sure they <laughs> ever will, but there we are. Um, no, it's, it's, it just, it, I, I'm just interested in this because, you know, I became a homeowner, homeowner for the first time earlier this year. Um, it's quite unusual in Scotland because usually people start <clears> getting on the ladder in their early 20s. I'm knocking on 40 and I've just, uh, <laughs> just um, taken the big leap this year. But when we bought the house, and we obviously the bank owns the house, mm-hmm. um, but when we went through the mortgage paperwork and so on, the one of the first questions before, you know, when the, the solicitor was doing all the, the jiggery-pokery that I, you know, just went over my head, they were very keen to ask, where's this money come from? Mm. That's the, before you could buy anything, they're mm. like, where's this money from? To mm. make sure that I'm not a money launderer, which... You know, wish mm. it was a money launderer. Indeed. No, of course. Probably doing slightly better than I am now. Um, <laughs> but it's, that was a joke. Um, the, the, but, but you want to know where the money is coming from. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, is it different if you're buying things that cost a lot more? No, if, you're, if, you're, if you're buying things in cash, then you're accountable to nobody. Right. Um, you know, if we are to believe the narrative that Trump has presented about buying Turnberry, for example, you know, he paid £34 million to a company called Leisure Corp based in Dubai. You know, that was probably just a wire transaction where the money went from one account into Leisure Corp's account and then the land certificates were transferred and the banks were not part of it because, you know, presumably the money all came from Trump. Where he got it from, we don't know, but there was no need to, you know, subject yourself to any kind of um, outside scrutiny. So um, we don't know. But there was one area of Trump's business in Scotland where he wasn't just using cash. Earlier this year, um, just before he visited the UK, um, I ran a story about how way before Aberdeenshire and Turnberry, Trump actually tried to buy and set up his first, what would have been his first ever hotel outside the US. Um, and it was in St Andrews, the home of golf. Mm. This was back in 2006. Gosh, that would be a coup for Trump, wouldn't it? It would have been. It's a rather beautiful place called um, Hamilton Hall, a great big imposing red sandstone 19th century building overlooking the 18th green. Um, again, if you don't know golf, you'll know this building because it's just part of the fu- the, far- the fabric and furniture of the sport. Yeah. Anytime you see you know, footage of golf being played at St Andrews, you'll see this great big hunk of, of sandstone and that is what Trump wanted to put. Trump right above it and blazing his name. Um, Shiny gold letters. Yeah, well, quite possibly. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't get that much detail, Halla, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're not <laughs> far off the ballpark. I have an eye for interior design. <laughs> an exterior design. I too like gold plating, but there we are. <laughs> but Trump um, Trump tried to, tried to buy this property. I'd, I'd heard, um, from speaking to people in his businesses, I'd heard anecdotal um, chat about it over the years and it was only when I was looking through Delaware records that I found a name that mentioned St Andrews and Trump in the same title Um, and over the course of a few weeks and a few months a quite circuitous journey led me to 
um, the US District Court in Providence, Rhode Island, where Trump was involved in a, um, a court case there. And unusually, he wasn't the one suing or being sued. He was actually just a third party. Um, Hamilton Hall, this property in St Andrew, was owned by a family called the Wassermans, kind of small-scale real estate developers who were used to building shopping centres. Somehow, they had the opportunity and the desire to, to buy this property. They did. Um, but the world's um, financial markets went to hell in a handcart and the Bank of Scotland wanted their money back. Um, as part of this court case, the Wassermans pointed out they were trying to you know, get other people on board to try and turn it into a viable proposition. One of the people, who do, who do you approach if you're struggling and you need a, a reputable businessman to, to you know, help safeguard your project? Of course you go to Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> So, Come on, speed dial. <laughs> so, you know, the, 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 the wisdom of that is was, was laid bare. Um, I got yes. hold of depositions and exhibits um, filed with the court which showed Trump tried to actually buy the property off the bank. Um, he offered to pay £23 million for the property, and this is going back to your you know, homeowner anecdote, mm -hmm. um, offered to pay £23 million on the condition the bank provided him with a mortgage for £23 million and a construction loan of £10 million. Now, I think if you'd have gone to your bank, Hala, and asked to buy this house, you know, and asked for 30, 30 grand over what you paid for it, just to, you know, do a bit of cosmetic jiggery-pokery here and there, I'm pretty sure you would have got short shrift. I was going to say, does that actually work? Because if it does, I've been doing this wrong. <laughs> Well, I honestly, I'm pleased to tell you it didn't work. Right. <laughs> the bank told Trump um, where, where to go. Uh -huh. but what was interesting about these records was they also showed um, Trump's business approach. You know, which is it's no no secret, but it actually gave you a really candid insight into how he how he did business. Um, he actually wrote to a guy called Charles Whiteman, who was an executive in the bank's business development um, division, asking them to foreclose on the Wassermans and deal directly with Trump. So very underhand mm -hmm. and very disreputable. Um, other people may regard it as canny. Um, I'm, I'm not so sure, but it really laid bare um, kind of Trump's approach to business. So this was back in 2006 and went on until 2008. He made not one but four separate offers for this property. And then around about the same time, he just started to make huge amounts of um, acquisitions and cash. So how can Trump go from in 2006, 2008, asking the bank for £38 million in financing and you know, making repeated offers, repeated deals, you know, lowering his deals and changing the terms of his conditions, you know, really a kind of drawn-out negotiation about getting financing for this property and then suddenly you're throwing tens of millions of pounds in cash. That is the big anomaly at the heart of Trump's dealings in Scotland. And it goes beyond Scotland because, you know, this, this timescale is something that's really occupying the minds of um, journalists, um, not only in the US, but around the world. Now, we keep dancing around this. This is like an elegant tango. The hair. I have two. <laughs> um, also the hair. Do you know what? I actually hadn't been thinking about the hair and now it's all I can think oh, of. Apologise. But we are, we're, we're dancing around this. And, you know, because we don't want lawyers getting involved and stuff, but there has been a lot of reporting around the world, which is also zeroing in mm. on the Trump accounts and this anomaly, the large waves of cash that keep coming in. Mm. And it's suspicious, is it not? It is. It is absolutely a suspicious, but 
Um, the paper trail only tells us so much up until a point and beyond then it has to be informed speculation and you know the likes of Glenn Simpson's evidence has, has informed what we know and what, what the kind of the areas we should be looking at and David Farnholt at the Washington Post has been doing some outstanding work and he's very much been looking at how you know Trump's modus operandi suddenly switched similar to what we're saying from getting financing and, you know, mortgaging and relying on... You know, there was a point when Trump was... His his kind of uh, businesses were in, were in trouble. Some of his businesses were in trouble, and, you know, he found it difficult to get money from lenders in the US, so he went to places like Deutsche Bank, yeah. um, where he was getting this amount of money. But suddenly, you know, in spite of all this kind of network of international lenders which he relied upon, um, he was just spending cash. So... You know, the Washington Post, New York Times are looking into this. The yeah. answers have yet to come out, but it is a very sudden and unexplainable transition. You know, despite what Eric Trump has said about the Trump Organization making huge amounts of revenue, which it can then suddenly pour into new acquisitions, you know, people just didn't suddenly like to start playing golf in 2008 or decided, instead of staying at our home, why don't we go to a hotel in 2008? You know, it predates all these things. So there are questions. There are questions. <laughs> and one of the questions, I'm going to say it, mm -hmm. is the Trump Organization laundering money? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I. Is that where the suspicions are pointing? That is where suspicions have been pointed. Um, there's a journalist in the States called Adam Davidson, who wrote a great piece in The New Yorker all about Turnberry. And his view of it was that um, you can't say for sure that Trump is laundering money there. There's no evidence for it. But, you know, the patterns of acquisition and, you know, the, the nature of the acquisition, you know, buying golf courses, which are notoriously hard to make money, all are indicative of the kind of pattern of behaviour which can be explained in part by money laundering. So it has the accusation has been made um, um, but it's been made very carefully with a lot of lawyers looking over it first. Yes, I'm going to be watching <laughs> over my shoulder as well. I don't want to see what comes through the post next. Um, so let, let's bring this back round again. Mm. Let's come back to Scotland. Mm. Turnbury receives a lot of money from the Scottish Government. From social enterprise, does it not? They get grants, don't they? Um, I'm not aware of any grants from Scottish Scottish government. No. From Scottish enterprise, was there not something about taxpayers' money being helped? Well, that up? was that was um, kind of a tax break, which has since been kind of rescinded, which allowed it was uh, the changes to the business rates, which you know allowed Trump's Trump's properties, not just Trump's properties, but other kind of businesses of a comparable size to benefit from um, reduces in, in their business rates. But that's kind of been been dealt with now. But certainly um, when you look at Trump's businesses and his, his financial records here, one of the things that is, is disclosed is his corporation tax. And, you know, because he's making losses, it's deferred. So he's not paying, you know, corporation tax. I think, in fact, on, on one of the companies, there was actually um, a rebate he got this year. Um, so that is that is not an underhand or devious or legal thing to do. It is part of uh, the framework of legislation, which means if your company's making a loss, then you know you can defer your corporation tax payments. But 
it does chime into the question of, you know, how can this man who's the most powerful man in the world and, you know, we don't know the ex extent of his worth, but, you know, he's worth a bob or two. How can he have a presence here in Scotland and have no, you know, tax payments to you know, the country in which he's, he's you know, in investing in? I think that is a, a valid question. But when it comes to Turnberry, the money has actually been, the, the, the money in terms of, on a state level, has been coming from Trump's own government. Um, I wrote pieces earlier this year. Um, I got financial records showing the US State Department has paid tens of thousands of pounds to Turnberry. Um, a lot of that was to coincide with Trump's uh, visit to the US, uh, to, to Scotland, when, when he stayed in Turnberry with a big kind of secret service entourage and all the um, hangers on you would expect with that kind of um, full scale quasi state visit. But equally, the State Department payments were made for um, Eric Trump simply coming. Um, because he's a member of the First Family, the, the state's the secret service is obliged to offer him protection. So, wherever we Eric donders off in his travels, you know, there's a couple, couple of guys, yeah. six foot tours and um, you know, slater menswear suits and black ties following them with, with shades on. Um, and that comes at huge expense to, to US taxpayers. Um, you know, it's it's about seventy thousand pounds has been spent at Turnberry by the State Department this year. Um and that kind of chimes in with the, the, the wider issue surrounding Trump about his conflicts of interest being in a the most powerful public office office in the world and having such a extensive um private um corporate network um you know he is actually making money out of being the president by choosing to come to turnbury um and you know that that feeds into the debate that's happening in the us about the emoluments clause which is this kind of obscure provision in the us constitution which prevents um the president from making money or receiving gifts from, from kind of foreign governments. And I'm pretty sure that a company or a resort with the, the profile and the status and the prestige of Turnberry has hosted foreign dignitaries in the past few years. You know, if you only have to go down to Turnberry and sniff about, as I've been wont to do a few times, yes. to see there are kind of big, large-scale conferences and developments and guest speakers. A lot of well-known people will have speaking engagements at Turnberry and they won't promote it because they know it's not very good business sense, not very good PR sense. It makes them a lot of money, but, you know, it's because Turnberry is a conference venue. It is a kind of big, big deal in, in Scotland and in, indeed in, in the UK. And so, you know, the issue of whether other foreign national, uh, foreign officials have been staying at Turnberry is something that which could feed into the investigation underway in the US. You know, Trump has tried to shut down uh, a court case looking at the, the emoluments violations. Um, but a judge just ruled last week that, you know, the evidence gathering should go ahead. Now, that's all focused on Trump's hotel in Washington, D.C., where simply because of its proximity to, you know, the nexus of power in, yes. in the capital that you get a lot of foreign dignitaries staying there. But um, I think that, that that investigation will widen and I think Turnberry will be part of it. If not already, because of course we don't really we don't really know we're we're, we're sitting here in Glasgow <laughs> having tea and biscuits and you know a world away from the the, the seat of power and the, yeah. this ongoing FBI investigation. I'm very we're, we're recording this in November uh, 2018. This is very much an ongoing story. This is something which we don't know what the the FBI investigation. Um, 
is covering, but could we assume that Turnberry might come under the spotlight and the Aberdeenshire links could come under the spotlight as well? I think so, I think so. I mean, I think it's easy to sit here in Scotland and think it's a, it's a kind of curious anomaly that the President of the United States has businesses here, but if you actually look at it from an international perspective, the Scottish businesses are really important to Trump's business empire, not only because of their profile, but because of the amount of money the Trump Organization is has and is continuing to spend there. You know, this is a really ongoing, committed um, arm of investment for Trump's entire businesses around the world. And, you know, I think it would be remiss if it wasn't included in any kind of FBI investigation. I have no reason to believe that it's it's not being included. You know, I think that Turnberry will form part of the, the um, Mueller investigation, whether it probes deep enough into the finances to answer some of the questions we've spoken that was posed today, I don't know, but I think it is integral to the story of Trump, Russia, and where the money came from. You know, all these things, as, as you go on looking at Trump, you realise that all these things are, in a way, connected. And it's so easy when you're covering Trump, or even just watching it as a, as a punter, to get overwhelmed by this succession scandal and controversy you know things happen hour by hour let alone day by day and you just get overwhelmed by it but I think maintaining focus and realizing where the pieces fit or where the pieces may fit is really important from a journalistic point of view um, and I think it's something that you know certainly something I'm going to continue to do um, I know the Trump organization um, are working in things they haven't made public here in Scotland, um, and I intend to make them public. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, so where next? I don't know if you're able to talk about them, but, but, but where should we be looking next? What's what's coming down the pipeline? What should we, we be looking out for? Uh, well, this is further further investment at Trump's um, Scottish properties. You know, he has uh, several outstanding planning matters before Aberdeenshire Council, where he wants to build these 500 houses, but 500, he calls them kind of hotel cottages, which are a bit, a bit like timeshare-style developments. Um, he's looking to um, build a second course in Aberdeenshire. You know, so he's in it for the long haul. Um, and you know, equally with Turnberry, there's been no indication that um, Turnberry is something that he wants to dispose of. Um, I hope to write more in the future, showing that that is certainly not the case. In fact, you know, he is in Turnberry also, for the long haul, and he's going to spend more money at Turnberry. Um, so Cash? We don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to say where the money is continuing to come from. All we know is that it's interest-free loans that have been provided to his companies in Scotland. That's come from Trump himself. So, on paper, it's cash loans, but we don't know. We don't know. Well, I hope you're going to keep probing and finding out and hopefully update us when you have anything else to, to let us know. Um, just before, we're going to draw it to a close, Martin, um, but, you know, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you think we should be we should be looking for, anything else that we should be, um, if we want to keep following the story, where should our eyes be? Um, I think it's uh, just a case of, you know, if people are interested, they can go to the company's house website and they can punch in Trump and within the space of three mouse clicks, you can be reading through this information yourself. You know, if you're curious about how much Trump has spent on pensions for his, his, his employees in Scotland and how it is 
much less than what previous owners of Turnberry were spending on pensions, you can find that out. You know, there's a whole welter of, of information out there. Um, and, you know, rather than just consuming, um, you know, reports that I and other people do, you know, look, look into it yourself and go down there. It's a fantastic place and it's, it's a weird place. You know, it's, it's so kind of isolated, but it's beautiful and it's a great resort and you can feel the history and the prestige there. Um, and that is something that, despite his best efforts, and it's something that will outlive Trump and it will outlast his legacy. You know, he has turned Trump Turnberry into, he's turned Turnberry into Trump Turnberry. But as far as Scotland is concerned, it will always be Turnberry. Excellent. Well, it's something we'll have to, to check out. Thanks very much, Martin. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I know you're keeping plugging away at this. Um, Martin's work is published in the, the Scotsman paper. Um, and you're also on Twitter as Martin McEll. That's, um, it's Martin with a Y. Martin with a Y. It's very important to get that right. We're going to tweet that out. Um, and also, you know, we'll link to some of your uh, investigative pieces as well as you know as we were saying this is the story is not finished it's ongoing um i'm glad you're doing the plugging through all the financial documents and following the money um rashir miller is as well be really interesting to see how this pans out it's a long-running one thank you very much indeed martin um we're going to tweet out some of the links uh, to your work um we're also going to um put some clips up online and It'd be really good if you guys could get in touch and let us know what you think. Um, do subscribe if you can and do leave us a review. We'd love to um, hear what you think of the work that we're doing here on the Out With podcast. And hopefully we'll be back with you again at the same time next week. Bye for now.